Thanks for listening to the Revival Today podcast with evangelist Jonathan Shuttlesworth. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or online at revivaltoday.com. Now, here's evangelist Jonathan. Well, welcome to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, as I'm going to begin a new series today entitled, as you see in the title, How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation, if you could change the title. How to Dominate, oh, it's just, uh, just wrong on my screen. How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation, Lessons from the Life of Abraham, and today will be part one, uh, and this is going to get made into a book. So when it's finished, it'll be How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation, 20 Lessons from the Life of Abraham, or 15, whatever it ends up, but I don't know what it's going to end up, because even this morning I was adding more. So my plan is to start today and finish at the end of next week, so I'll knock out a few at a time. How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation, Lessons from the Life of Abraham, Part 1. When, uh, when Donald Trump lost the election, if you would share this, it'll help a lot of people and help us defeat all of the algorithms that are trying to keep the message from getting out. Nicole, Brittany, Isaac, Inge, Lisa, Christine, Brian on the app, Crystal, great having you all on. Um, when Donald Trump lost the election, you would have thought Jesus died. Christians were typing. It's one thing to let something slip out of your mouth. It's another thing to write it and keep it up. That they're depressed. They can't believe it. They don't know what they're going to do. Elections are important. Who you vote for matters. But the Bible says our spiritual root is in Abraham. This will be our key text for this entire book. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 1. Sorry. Isaiah 51, Isaiah chapter 51, verse 1. Hearken to me, or listen to me, ye that follow after righteousness, ye that seek the Lord. Look unto the rock from whence you were hewn, and to the hole of the pit from whence you were, are digged. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. For I called him alone, and I blessed him, and I increased him. For the Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places, and he will make her wilderness like Eden, and her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein, thanksgiving, and the voice of melody. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah who bare thee. For I called him alone, and blessed him, and increased him. In the New Living Translation, it adds something to it. Abraham was only one man when I called him. Isaiah 51, verse 2. But when I blessed him, he became a great nation. Abraham was not one of 60 million believers in his nation, like you are if you live in the United States. Abraham was the only righteous man 
on the face of the earth that we know of. And he certainly didn't have any righteous friends. He only had one person tagging along with him who wasn't his enemy. And uh, that was his nephew Lot, who was no help. Wasn't, wasn't really a righteous man, if you read about him living in, in Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham lived as a lone righteous man in a wicked nation called Philistia. And Abraham dominated in that nation. Abraham, and I want you to write this down if you're taking notes, Abraham dominated in a wicked nation. The title of this book, How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation, Lessons from the Life of Abraham. Abraham didn't spend time sharing posts on Instagram about what the Philistines were planning. Abraham didn't talk about how the Philistines offer their children as human sacrifices to a false god, and he believes it releases an evil spirit over the nation and a principality. Abraham didn't spend time focusing on what the Philistines were doing. Abraham focused on what he was doing in obeying God. And the Bible says in doing that, he became a nation. In the New Living Translation, it says, Abraham was one man when I called him, but when I blessed him, he became a mighty nation. He was one man when God called him, and when God finished with him, he was a nation in one man. I want you to write that down. And I want you to get this concept. I'm not just blathering on. A nation contained in one man. When I started in the ministry, it was just me. Later, the Lord added Adalis to me. Later, the Lord added Adalis' twin sister, Magalis, then Patrick. And then now we have 14 full-time people that work for our ministry and part-timers. And that's nothing. That's just a start. Because the DNA of one man becoming a nation are in those who are, in the, who are the seed of Abraham. Abraham had a private security force of 318 trained men, trained to fight. Abraham led them to battle. Abraham was trained to fight. These Bible characters are not like what people imagine them to be. Abraham was a stone-cold killer. Abraham had 318 men that he trained to be stone-cold killers. There was no police to call. There was no 911. Abraham had to protect what God gave him. And he did so with a trained army that was so powerful that when kings went to war, they asked Abraham if he would come and help. A nation contained in one man. Jesus said, a mustard seed, though it's the tiniest of seeds, when you plant it, it becomes a mighty tree, and birds make their nest in it. When Abraham was in his 70s, he was still living at home. But when he was done, he was providing for a multitude of people. He was a nation in one man. He didn't just become a nation uh, hundreds of years later. By the end of his life, and he didn't start till he was in his mid-70s, by the end of his life, he had many men and families that were traveling with him, drawing their income and livelihood from the excess of what he had. And the Bible says, if you seek deliverance, the key to being delivered and walking in victory, according to Isaiah 51, 1-3, is to consider the rock from which you were hewn. 
I want you to say where you're at out loud and I want you to write it down. That's where I come from. Consider the rock from which you were hewn. I, I come, I have that spiritual DNA in me. The quarry from which you were mined. I come from that rock. That's what I am. The Bible says the secret to stay in victory is to consider yourself of the spiritual seed of Abraham. Which if that's what God says to do, it makes sense that the devil wants you to consider yourself black, Hispanic, white, Asian, etc. To the spiritual man and the man that follows the word, that never enters into the equation. I don't care what my ethnic background is. I care what my spiritual lineage is. The Bible actually says in the New Testament, let me look it up. First Peter 1.18. Turn there with me. For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was the precious blood of Christ the sinless, spotless Lamb of God. 1 Peter 1.18, For you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. The Bible says that whatever you inherited from your ethnicity is an empty life. Christ actually was, it required Christ's blood to deliver you from what came from that lineage. Everybody trying to look to see where they come from. Oh, I found out I'm Irish. So what are you going to do? You're going to go take a trip with your wife to Ireland and uh, eat boiled potatoes and drink at a pub, and then you can really feel connected to your root. The total opposite of what God said to do. You disconnect from whatever your ethnic background is, and you connect to the fact that you're the seed of Abraham. And then even if people do that, they don't connect to the spiritual, the, the spiritual DNA of Abraham. They want to throw on a prayer shawl, take a trip to Israel, touch the wailing wall, which Abraham never touched. They don't get it. That Abraham and his righteousness and his blessing was not obtained by the garments that he wore or the land that he lived on. Abraham's blessing was attained by faith. Faith in God, faith in his word. And that is how every overcomer lives, by the faith of Abraham. God's word is true. I'll do what God said exactly the way that he said it. No questions asked. I connect to my Abrahamic lineage. I don't see myself as Jonathan Shuttlesworth, 33% Polish-American, I see myself as the seed of Abraham and that everything God promised him belongs to me. 
When that revelation comes alive in you, you start leaving the crowd of strugglers and you begin to turn into a nation. I want you to know this right now. There, there's the potential to be a one-man nation or a one-woman nation in you. An idea that you have will grow to where now you need one person to handle the money. Then you'll need soon to hire a second person to take care of another aspect. And when it's all done, there'll be an army of people that are attached to you because that's the Abrahamic DNA. And that is in every believer. The Bible says in Isaiah 51 that if you want to walk in victory and deliverance, consider where you came from. I come from the, the rock of Abraham. I was mined from that quarry. That's who I am. I'm not an abuse victim. I'm not somebody who battles depression. I am the seed of Abraham. I'm a prince of God on this earth. And everything that God promised Abraham belongs to me. Abraham had his own military. As this ministry grows, I'll have my own private security force. I've been to churches that have their own armed pri private security on the property. A security gate. Because you begin to take the shape of a nation simply by your spiritual DNA. And I want you to think of this. You don't have to try to do it. It's in your DNA. A dog doesn't have to try to bark. A rooster doesn't have to try to crow. A cow doesn't have to try to moo. And somebody that operates in their spiritual DNA doesn't have to try to become a dominating force on the earth. It's in their DNA. I want you to write this down in the comments and write it in your notes. It's in my DNA to dominate. How to dominate in a wicked nation. Lessons from the life of Abraham. Abraham had his own military. Number two, as a nation, Abraham had his own economy. He had his own gold. He had his own silver. He had his own livestock. He had his own water source. He was a nation contained in one man. Abraham, though he was one man, when God finished with him, he was a mighty nation. Not a nation, a mighty nation. His own military and his own economy. There's men now that are nations and one man, man, and they're not even operating under the blessing of God. Just fully utilizing the capacity that God put in human beings. Who would you rather be? The president of Central Africa Republic? Or Mark Zuckerberg? From a wealth standpoint, a security standpoint, Mark Zuckerberg would blow that nation away. One man that has more wealth, more possession, more planes. There's people who own their own, not plane, there's people that own their own airports. I want you to see 
that God put the capacity to become a nation in one man in you. And the blessing of God is what brings that alive. When you understand that, you don't care what the Democrats are planning. Do you think there were no wicked plans being made where Abraham lived? It was an extremely wicked land. There was no gospel in it. There was no blood of Jesus that had been shed. But what God put in Abraham overwhelmed what was against Abraham. And what God put in you overwhelms what's on the outside of you. I want to remind you that that blessing is not just for Abraham. That blessing has been extended to you and me. Turn in your Bible to Galatians chapter 3. Great to have you on Facebook. Great to have you on our app and Periscope. Galatians 3, verse 6. In the same way, Abraham believed God, and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. The real children of Abraham, then, are those who put their faith in God. Galatians 3, 7. Write that in the comments if you would. Don't just write Galatians 3, 7. Write the text. The real children of Abraham are those who put their faith in God. The true seed of Abraham are those who put their faith in God. You don't have to dress up like you're from 20th century, mid-20th century Israel. It's not about the clothes you wear. It's about your faith in God. You'll hear Christians. I got a DNA te test done, and I'm actually 15% um, Jewish. Great. What activates the blessing is the same thing that activated it in Abraham's life. Faith in God. Good to see you, Sarah. Sarah Isabel. What's more, the scriptures looked forward to this time when God would make the Gentiles right in his sight because of their faith. God proclaimed the, this gospel to Abraham long ago when he said, all nations will be blessed through you. So here it is again, Galatians 3, 9. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing, not a cut down one. All who put their faith, Kofi put in the comments, New King James Version, Galatians 3, 7. Therefore know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. So all who put their faith in Christ share the same blessing. The same blessing. It's not a knockdown blessing. Abraham received, again, because of his faith. Right in the comments, because of his faith. Verse 13 and 14. But Christ has redeemed us from all the curse of the law. When he was hung on the cross, he took upon himself the curse for our wrongdoing. For it is written in the scriptures, cursed is everyone who is hung on a tree, 
through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing. There it is again. Through Christ Jesus, God has blessed the Gentiles with the same blessing that he promised Abraham so that we who are believers might receive the promise, Holy Spirit, through faith. Verse 26 through 29. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on a new garment. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Verse 29. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true seed of Abraham. You are Abraham's heirs. And everything that God promised Abraham belongs to you. Everything that God promised Abraham belongs to you. The blessing has been extended to you and to me. You can access it whatever race you are. You can access it whatever nation you live in. And no matter what nation you live in or what race you are, this blessing works regardless of nation, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of sex. It's impossible to get hung up on women problems when you understand this. It's impossible to get hung up on racial problems when you understand this. It's impossible to get hung up on the problems that are in your nation when you understand this. And that's why I'm making this book. Because you can tell by the way people react to the problems in their nation that they have zero understanding that they're the seed of Abraham and everything God promised him belongs to them. Everything God promised Abraham belongs to me. It is impossible to read who Abraham was and that what was given to him has been given to me, not is going to be given to me, has already been given to me, and get hung up by what any president on what any president or political party has planned or is doing. Because what they have can overwhelm what I have. What I have has the capacity to overwhelm everything they're planning and doing. And that is the introduction. How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation, Lessons from the Life of Abraham. And we're going to start with number one. Now, it's Lessons from the Life of Abraham. When the book's published, it'll be however many lessons it is. And make sure the publisher knows that the title will read exactly like that. They change one word, they're going to start losing fingers. How to Dominate in a Wicked Nation, Lessons from the Life of Abraham. So this will be lesson number one. Take your Bible and turn to Genesis 12, 1 to 3.
Joe Lynn, great job on uh, television. Honored that, you, that you'd watch me today. Gen uh, Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, and unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. There it is again. I want you to get that concept down. That, that's the whole concept. I am a nation contained in one man. When you die, if you play your cards right, there should be streets named after you. There should be a massive property, at least one, that belongs to you. That didn't just happen with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You can go to Kenneth Hagin's ministry right now. Huge property, huge church, huge Bible college. Oral Roberts, university, prayer center, huge buildings. He was building a faith city. John Alexander Dowie, Zion, Illinois, made his own town with his own town fathers, his own buildings, his own school system. There's ministries overseas right now that have their own banks. A nation contained in one man. I really feel like a lot of the pressure that's going on in the world and pushback that you get for being a Christian, God is allowing that because maybe God doesn't want us using heathen platforms. Maybe God doesn't want YouTube taking 30% of every offering that's given to our ministry. Maybe God is taking those things away or allowing those things to be taken away so that the church would finally live like their father Abraham, develop their own banking, develop their own payment processing, develop their own media platforms separate from the world. Why are we always trying to jam ourselves on platforms and in companies that hate our God, hate us, and hate the Bible? It's time for a new generation of Abrahams to arise. Genesis 12, 2. And I will make of thee a great nation. Write that again. Great nation. Not a nation. A great nation. The capacity to become a great nation lives in me and lives in you. And I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And I will curse those who curse you. And when God says curse, he means kill. I'll kill those who curse you. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Did it work? Genesis 13, 2. And Abram was very rich in cattle, in silver, 
and in gold. And Abram was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. How to dominate in a wicked nation. Number one. Lessons from the life of Abraham. Number one. Abraham, Abraham believed he was blessed. How do you know that? Because the Bible says God told Abraham, I will bless you and make you a blessing. And Abraham believed God and God accounted it as righteousness unto him because of his faith. Abraham believed the word. Let me write that down because I'm going to make that a whole point. Abraham believed the word. And the word was that he was blessed. The majority of Christians gravitate to cursing or curses. If you called the conference on breaking generational curses in the church, it would pack out. If you speak about the blessing for 90 seconds, people get up and leave. He's one of those blessing preachers. I don't know why. I've never understood most human beings, and I've pretty much quit trying to understand them. People gravitate to the curse and talk of the curse, and they shun the blessing. But that's not what Abraham did. Abraham heard God tell him, I'll bless you and make you a blessing, and he believed those things that were spoken unto him. Abraham believed that he was blessed. Abraham did not believe he was cursed. Abraham believed he was blessed. Abraham expected a blessing for serving God. Most Christians expect trouble for serving God. But Abraham expected a, a reward for serving God. And that's going to define you as a Christian. Do you expect trouble? For serving the Lord? Or do you expect a reward for your obedience? God rewarded Abraham's obedience. What will God do for you as you obey him? Abraham expected a blessing for obeying God. He did not expect trouble. Most Christians expect trouble for serving the Lord, and it's not their fault. They're told. How many of you know when you serve the Lord, it's not going to be easy, and friends will turn against you? Friends turn against you anyway. People will talk about you. People talk about you anyway. In this world, you will have trial and tribulation. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. You don't focus on the trouble. 
You focus on the reward and the blessing. That's what Abraham did. Whatever you focus on increases and multiplies. Whatever you focus on, you talk about. And your words give power to it. If you follow the average Christian on social media, they're constantly reporting on the trouble that's in the world. They're not using their mouth and they're not using their mind to amplify the blessing of God contained in his word that's available to us who believe. In this world, you will have trouble. But be of good cheer, for the blessing overwhelms the trouble. The trouble did not overwhelm Abraham's blessing. Abraham went through trouble, but he went through it. And his blessing overwhelmed what was against him. What was against him could not overwhelm his blessing. Proverbs 13, 21. What does the Bible teach? Proverbs 13, 21. Trouble chases sinners. Blessings reward the righteous. Please write that down. We'll make that our memory verse for today. Trouble chases sinners. Blessings reward the righteous. That's not what they taught me growing up in church. They might as well have flipped the verse around. Trouble chases the righteous, while blessings reward sinners. You know, I could be out in the world making money, having all kinds of nice cars and things. But when you get saved, how I many you know the devil attacks? That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches trouble does not chase the righteous. Trouble chases sinners. Blessings chase the righteous. And until you get that strength, you'll be one of the people that lifts your hand to be kept in prayer every Sunday. Trouble is not allowed to chase me. Blessings are assigned to chase me. As far as your life is concerned, it actually doesn't matter what the Bible says. It matters what you believe, what you meditate on, and what you speak. As far as your life is concerned, it doesn't matter what the Bible says. It matters what you believe that's in the Bible, what you meditate on that's in the Bible, and what you speak that's in the Bible. How many know if God wants me to have it, I'm going to have it? Nope. God wants everybody to be saved, but billions are on their way to hell right now. Because until they believe the word and speak the word, if you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, thou shalt be saved. That part of God's word doesn't work until you believe it and speak it. A lot of people reading this, 
there was a time when you were away from God and then somebody got God's word to you and you believed it and you confessed it and it turned your whole life around. That's how it works with salvation and that's how it works with every other part of the Bible. Healing, peace, financial multiplication. It's all in the Bible. But until you believe it, meditate on it, and speak it out of your mouth, the Bible doesn't work for you. Stop gravitating to the curse. I just think I'm under a generational curse. Stop thinking like that. The Bible says Abraham's blessing belongs to you. Abraham wasn't a curse. I just have a generational curse. Really? What generational curse is in Abraham's bloodline? How can you be under a generational curse when you're the seed of Abraham? The only way to come under generational curse is to disobey Isaiah 51 and consider yourself of the lineage of your, fam of your earthly family instead of your spiritual father, Abraham. Was Abraham an alcoholic? Did Abraham battle suicidal thoughts? Was Abraham abusive? Doesn't run in that family, and I'm in that family. I'm not under the curse. Jesus has set me free. For poverty, I have wealth. For sickness, I have health. I'm not under the curse. Stop responding like it's autopilot. When people say, how many of you need prayer? How many of you have a need? How many of you need a breakthrough? I don't need a breakthrough. I carry breakthrough. Please write that down. I don't need a breakthrough. I carry breakthrough. Hope my daughter's okay with me using the back of her homework for notes. I don't need a breakthrough. I carry breakthrough. Abraham believed. Abraham not only believed he was blessed. Abraham believed he was blessed to be a blessing to others. Because God told him, I will not only that I'll bless you, I will bless you and make you a blessing. Now, if you understand that, it's impossible to see yourself in need. Because I'm not only blessed, there's an overflow of my blessing to meet the needs of people who are hurting. I'm not a person who's hurting. I'm blessed. And God didn't give me just enough blessing for me. God gave me like Abraham. He blessed me and makes me a blessing to others. If you followed my ministry for any time, you've never heard me say we have a great need. We really need your help. I'm not in need. I'm blessed. And the blessing is God's answer for needs. 
Not only mine, but for others. I don't need food. I feed people. I don't need money. I provide money for others that are hurting. Abraham believed not only that he was blessed, but that the blessing was so strong, it would make him a blessing to others. I don't need prayer. I pray. And I pray for others. I don't need healed. I was healed by the stripes of Jesus, and I carry healing for others. I'm not in need. I am a supplier of needs by the grace of God. I want you to say that. It'll change your life. I want you to write it down. I'm not in need. I supply needs by the grace of God that's on my life. Abraham believed he was blessed. Abraham believed he was blessed and blessed to be a blessing. And then continuing, turn to Romans chapter 4. Do the King James. Thanks, Jeff. Romans 4.17. Now let's do Romans 4.16 and 17. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. To the end the promise might be sure to all the seed. Not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham... Who is the father of us all? That's Romans 4.16. Thank you, J. Williams. Everybody that gives today, when I get this published, which won't take long, it'll take a few months, I'm going to send you a copy of this book right away. If you'd give a thousand or more, I'll uh, autograph it to say thank you for helping us get the book out and get a first edition and I'll sign it personally. But everybody that gives will, will get a book. Romans 4.17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. Before him who, whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead, and calleth those things which be not as though they were. called those things that are not as though they are. Abraham believed he was blessed. Abraham believed he was blessed to be a blessing. Abraham spoke the blessing. He called those things that were not as though they were. When God changed Abram's name to Abraham, 
he changed his name in that language from exalted father to father of many nations. Abraham called himself father of many nations before he had one child. Called those things that are not as though they are, as though they were. Abraham spoke the blessing. You don't wait till you're rich to call yourself rich. You don't wait till you feel blessed to call yourself blessed. You don't wait till you're strong to call yourself strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Abraham spoke the blessing. Abraham called those things which were not as though they were. You're never wrong when you quote God. I am blessed. I am healed. I am strong. I have joy unspeakable and full of glory. I am wise. I have the mind of Christ. Abraham spoke the blessing. Numbers 23. Right around verse 23. Numbers 23 in the New Living. I'll keep you till half past the hour. I'm not going to knock the whole... I'm going to take the whole rest of this week and next week to finish this, this book. Numbers 23... Verse 20, Numbers 23, 20 to 23. Listen, I have received a command to bless. God has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. Write down, Abraham's blessing is an irreversible blessing. No misfortune is in his plan for Jacob. No trouble is in store for Israel. For the Lord their God is with them. He's been proclaimed their king. God brought them out of Egypt. For them he's as strong as a wild ox. No curse can touch Jacob. No divination or sorcery has any power against Israel. Abraham knew you could not curse what God has blessed. The curse causeless shall not come. You can't curse what God has blessed. Every plan, like the one that was underway in Numbers 23, every plan that man makes to curse those blessed by God can't work, has no capacity to succeed. Let's say it like that. Sounds more literary. Every plan launched against those whom God has blessed has no capacity to succeed.
Abraham knew you can't curse what God has blessed. If Abraham was alive right now, he would spend no time dwelling on what the Democrats are planning, on what the president's planning, on what a corporation's planning. They can plan whatever they want. You can't curse who God has blessed. Yana said, why do Christians then always say other Christians curse them with their words? I don't know. They're not, they're not a bright people. Gravitate to the curse and not the blessing. You could say whatever, whatever you wanted about me. It can't stick. It would come back on the person that said it. If every witch in India and Africa and Canada was standing outside of my office right now cursing me, I'd wave at them. I wouldn't even spend any time praying about it. Because God said, listen to this. God said, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse. God said, I will curse anyone who curses you. And he didn't say, if you pray about it, I'll do it. If you pray in tongues as hard as you can, I'll do it. He'll do it for free. So anyone that curses you, when you have Abraham's blessing, it, ev it evokes a curse from God without your permission. Anyone who curses you, provokes a curse from God on their life without your permission. There's literally nothing to worry about. That's why the Bible says, don't worry or be anxious or have anxiety about anything. Good to see you, Pastor Joe. Number two. Chapter 2. Abraham never believed there was a they who could stop him. Chapter 2. You're welcome, Yana. Abraham never believed there was a they who could stop him. One of the differences between rich men and poor men, according to socioeconomic studies, poor people talk about what they are doing, what they're doing to us. Rich people talk about what they personally have planned. Having your eyes on what your enemy's doing keeps you poor and defeated. Having a plan from God to go forward keeps you in victory. Abraham never believed there was a they, a quote they, who could stop him. Did you hear what they're doing? Did you hear they're going to make mandatory vaccines? Did you hear they're going to not allow us to travel? Did you hear that they're going to turn every Walmart into a concentration camp if you don't get the vaccine? Abraham never believed there was a they who could stop him. Abraham never spent time talking worry talk. I don't know what we're going to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. I just feel like these next four years are going to be very difficult years with this administration. 
You never read Abraham talking like that. Abraham didn't spend time praying worry prayers. What prayers do you pray? I can't get worked up. I can't work up enough worry to pray about what politicians are planning to do to the church and me. Whatever plan they have is already destined to fail. Abraham didn't spend time praying worry prayers. Many people's prayers are just unbelief with an opening of dear Heavenly Father and a close of in Jesus' name. Abraham didn't spend time praying worry prayers. Abraham, I want you to catch this, Abraham saw himself on the same level as world leaders, not under them. When world leaders were planning to go to battle, they consulted Abraham. Abraham met with the kings of his day. Abraham saw himself on the same level as world leaders, not under them. When I hear most Christians talk today, they talk like they're serfs from the 13th century under the dominion of an evil king who can do anything he wants to them. Did you hear what they're planning? Did you hear what they're doing? Who are you? I thought you were the seed of Abraham. Abraham didn't talk about what they're doing. Abraham saw himself on their level, not under them. That kind of mentality is actually what birthed the United States of America. A refusal to be under the lordship of another human being. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians 1, verse 3. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ. Verse 19. Ephesians 1, 19. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above. I want you to write that down. Far above. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader. What is Christ above? Any ruler, any authority, any power 
any leader. Not only in this world, so it includes this world, but in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over the church, which is his body. And has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ, who fills all things everywhere with himself. In the mind of God, there is no difference between Christ and the Christian. He is the head, we are the body. We've been made one with Christ. I know that's strong language, but that's not my problem. God wrote it that way. In the mind of God, there is no difference between Christ and the Christian. He is the head, we are the body. We've been made one with Christ and seated together with him far above all rulers, all powers, all authority in this world. They're not over my head. They're not eye to eye. They're under my feet. If Satan is under my feet, how much further under my feet are all the people who work for Satan? Every witch, every sorcerer, every demon-possessed politician who hates the church and hates Christians, they're under my feet. When people talk about politics, cowards love to quote Romans 13. But let me show you another 13. Acts 13. Acts 13, 6. Afterward, Paul and Barnabas traveled from town to town across the entire island until they finally reached Paphos where they met a Jewish sorcerer, a false prophet named Bar-Jesus. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus. So this is in the political realm. This wasn't some sorcerer on the street missing teeth smelling like urine and alcohol. He was a sorcerer who operated in their political uh, uh, house. He had attached himself to the governor, Sergius Paulus, who was an intelligent man. The governor invited Barnabas and Saul to visit him, for he wanted to hear the word of God. But Elimus the sorcerer, as his name means in the Greek, interfered and urged the governor to pay no attention to what Barnabas and Saul said. He was trying to keep the governor from believing. This is a man in the political realm trying to stop the advancement of the gospel. Saul, also known as Paul, was filled with the Holy Ghost and looked the sorcerer in the eye. And he said, You son of the devil, full of every sort of deceit and fraud, an enemy of all that is good, will you never stop perverting the true ways of the Lord? Watch now, for the Lord has laid his hand of punishment upon you, and you will be struck blind. You will not see the sunlight for some time. Instantly, mist and darkness came over the man's eyes, and he began groping around begging for someone to take his hand and lead him. When the governor saw what had happened, he became a believer, for he was astonished at the teaching of the Lord. Paul was the one that wrote Ephesians 1, and you see him act out how he believed. In the natural, that man was above Paul. He was attached to the governor. But in the spiritual realm, Paul was far above that sorcerer, and he proved it with his words. 
Abraham saw himself on the level of world leaders. Chapter number three. So chapter number two is Abraham never believed there was a they who could stop him. Chapter three, Abraham never looked for a they to help him. Thanks, Nate. Abraham never looked to a they to help him. Most of the body of Christ is either concerned about a group that's trying to hurt them or hoping there's a group out there somewhere to help them. That's why they gravitated to QAnon. Trust the plan. There's a powerful group of people that are working on your behalf. Just sit back and watch. Turned out there wasn't. Abraham didn't believe there was a they who could stop him. And Abraham didn't need a they to help him. Turn to Genesis 14. I'm going to stop at this one. So we'll just do three in the introduction today. I hope you're enjoying this. It's going to make a, a good book. It'll help people think right. It doesn't matter how much you shout and dance in church. If you spend the next six days sharing Instagram stories about how the global elite are taking us over. You're a defeated loser who goes to church on Sunday. But you can be a winner and a champion all seven days of the week. Genesis 14, 21, the king of Sodom said to Abram, give back my people who were captured, but you may keep for yourself all the goods you've recovered. Abraham replied to the king of Sodom, I solemnly swear to the Lord God most high, creator of heaven and earth, that I will not take so much as a single thread or shoe latchet from what belongs to you. Otherwise, you might say, I'm the one who made Abram rich. I will accept only what my young warriors have already eaten. And I request that you give a fair share of the, good, of the goods to my allies, Anner, Eskel, and Mamre. I won't take so much as a shoe latchet from the king of Sodom, lest the king of Sodom say, I made Abram rich. When the lockdown hit last year, the government offered what was called a PPP loan, payroll protection. You were allowed to have two and a half months of whatever your payroll was at zero interest, like free money. I had one minister who I love that's very wise say, Jonathan, you're stupid if you don't take that money. But when I heard that money was offered... I could, have, I could have got a lot of money with 14 employees. And on, in the, on paper, there was no reason to not take it. It was actually being touted as something to help churches. But that scripture popped up in my spirit. 
I won't take so much as a shoe latchet from the king of Sodom, lest the king of Sodom say, I made Abram rich. I don't want any money from the government. I just want them to stay out of my way. How can you preach prosperity like I preach it and then take help for the poor? Abram refused to entangle with the world. This principle is eternal. This principle will never fade. You cannot walk in Abraham's blessing if you entangle your money with the, gov with the government. United States Bible Colleges wanted to be able to accept financial aid so that their students could get loans from the government to pay the tuition. Then they could increase the amount of tuition that they charged without losing students because the students could get loans to pay it. When it happened, it looked innocuous, but I wrote, Bible colleges will rue the day that they accepted federal money. Anything the government gives you comes at a high price. And today, those Bible colleges are having to fight to enforce Bible guidelines for their students. Those Bible colleges are now being forced to have transgender bathrooms, allow lesbian couples, homosexual couples as students on their campus. Abraham refused to take money from the king of Sodom. Lest the king of Sodom say, I made Abram rich. Abraham looked to God alone for his blessing. And that's why when I hear people criticize the prosperity message, I feel sorry that they don't know what they're talking about. Because prosperity, great to have you watching in Hobbs, New Mexico. I have very pleasant memories of that place, Jacob. Wish I was there right now. I know what I would order if I was at that church's restaurant. Tell everybody in Hobbs, New Mexico, I love them. I don't just mean church people. I mean like everybody you see today. Tell them there's a preacher named Jonathan Shuttlesworth and he loves them. When people say blessing will, take, will turn your heart against God, did it turn Abraham's heart against God? No. It actually caused him, the blessing caused him to focus on God alone and refuse any manipulative help from wicked people. How many Christians today in inner city churches vote for politicians who kill babies so that they can have their welfare check. So that their government benefits won't be cut. The king of Sodom has manipulated them and they have sold out the principles of the Bible to get some money from the king of Sodom. But the, seat, the true seed of Abraham tell them to keep their money. 
lest, Abraham, lest the king of Sodom say, I made Abraham rich. Interesting that, that that's only two chapters after God blessed Abraham. And Abraham knew he was going to the top. And he didn't want anybody to get credit for it. And he knew he didn't need anybody's help to get there. The government can't hurt me. And the government can't help me. Any more than the government could hurt Abraham. Or Abraham required the assistance of the government. Thank you, Monique, in South Africa. Love you. My blessing doesn't come from below. My blessing comes from above. And who God has blessed, no government can curse. And who God has blessed requires no help from the government. I don't need them, but they sure need me. They don't think they do. But when we all get out of here, within seven years, the whole thing will fall on itself. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. They don't keep us from rotting. We keep them from rotting. Abraham never looked to a they for help. Let me pray for you. Be blessed. In Jesus' name, be blessed. I pray as, this, as the seed of this word enters into your heart, you would never allow your mind to drift to carnal thinking, natural thinking. You would never identify by your fleshly root that from today on you would see yourself as the seed of Abraham, and an heir according to the promise. In Jesus' name. With your hands lifted, just allow God's presence to come into your room and refresh you and strengthen you. You don't have to go around blabbing your mouth. Oh, I'm the seed. Just see yourself that way. Carry yourself that way. That's why I wear suits when I preach. Not everybody can afford a Bentley, but you should, you, should, you should care for your car and make it look Bentley quality. Washed, shined, carry yourself like a prince, like a queen, like Abraham did. Somebody, like you look like somebody worth knowing. Look like somebody that has Jesus on the inside of them. Because that's who you are. It's not you trying to be something you're not. Write it in the comments. I am the seed of Abraham. See yourself that way. I hope you're enjoying these. How to dominate in a wicked nation. Lessons from the life of Abraham, part one. I got about, let me see how many I got to get through. 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. I've got 18. Might end up with two more or so, so it might be 20. Everyone who gives today to stand with us to preach the gospel, I'm going to send you this book when it's completed. The first set of books that come out will be sent to you. Thanks, uh, Jana or Jana, depending on whether they're from Europe or America. As a way of saying thank you, not only for helping to get the book published and get out, but standing with us to preach the gospel all over the world during the, the lockdown. Never stop traveling. There hasn't been one month of the lockdown that I've been home and not preached. And I appreciate you sticking with me and standing with me. So that's a pretty special gift to get. Here's the ways you can give. If you do a thousand or more, I'll sign the book for you as, a, as an extra thank you. Hashtag donate on Facebook. On your phone, you can text RT to 50155. Thank you, Lorna. Great to see you, Marianne. Cash app in the United States, dollar sign RT give. Thanks, Trish. That means a lot. Okay, it is Yana. Yana Jacobs. Well, with a last name like that, you might as well just get in on the seat of Abraham uh, teaching. You're welcome, Samantha. Cash app, dollar sign RT give. Revivaltoday.com. Slash PayPal, if you're international, PayPal is usually the easiest way to give. All of the ways to give are contained in one spot, revivaltoday.com, and you click Give Now. Wow, thank you, Robert. Watching from the great nation of New Orleans. You prayed for my wife in Ruston a couple weeks ago. I'm an evangelist. We're a ministry in the French Quarter. Our ministry just started giving $84 a month yesterday, so glad to partner with you. It touched my heart. Appreciate it. Thank you, Diane. You can mail it, P.O. Box 7, Prosperity, Pennsylvania, 15329. You send it to Revival Today. That's our ministry. And then how, uh, if you want to speak to someone on the phone, 412-446-2332. However you give, make sure to claim your offer at RevivalToday.com. Claim your offer. You're welcome, Lisa. Thanks for watching. I'll give you a minute or so to give. Put the phone number up real quick while they're, while they're uh, giving. If anybody has a question or something you want to add, something you particularly enjoyed about today, I got time to talk to, talk to one of you. 412-206-6274. If you're international, plus one, 412-206-6274. They don't have to have Skype to call, right? Yeah. So take the Skype part away because I think it confuses people. You don't have to do it today, but from now on. 412-206-6274.
would love to hear from you. Would love to hear what you got out of today that, that blessed you. You're welcome. Yeah, that's why Christine said, thank you, Jonathan, for the, for the teaching. How does this work when you give by check? I'm old school. There's a postal delay when you receive it. That's why you go to revivaltoday.com and click claim your offer because you'll let them know the check's coming and, and what, what you were uh, watching, and then that makes sure you get the right, the right thing. Thank you, Marianne. Tell your husband I said hi. 412-206-6274. I know there's a delay. Should have announced it sooner and then kept talking, but I did it spontaneously. Thanks, Dre. Amen, Darlene. You're welcome. Uh, hey, Dave, good to see you from Pittsburgh. 15 seconds and I'm done. Your name and where you're calling from. Oregon. Well, they didn't have they didn't have the sound up. Say it one more time. Uh, Beaver Creek, Oregon. Oh wow! I've never been to Oregon. Tell me how you found me. Uh, we watch you uh, streaming on the internet. But how did you how did you find me? To to you just saw me on the internet one time and randomly. Uh well we. For a while, way back, we w listened to your um, your uncle. Yeah. And uh, and then Periscope, uh, we watch you. We listen to you on per Periscope. We also listen at night to your uh, your news because we love your news. And uh, so anyway, what's your first name again? My first name is Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Nice to hear from you in Beaver Creek, Oregon. All right, go ahead. Tell me what you wanted to say. What I wanted to say is I appreciated your comment about um, that there are not generational curses, that we are part of the family of Abraham, and I will never, ever think that again. Uh because I claim um, being a, a, one of the stars in the sky that Abraham saw. Right. And, and I teach Sunday school here. And Good. we attend a church that does not wear masks, and I get to teach Sunday school every Sunday to preschoolers. And I, one of my fun things I love to teach is about... Uh, the children that that Abraham, he he saw us in the sky, and and you look up at the sky, and there's anyway. Um, well, anyway, I, I I'm just wanted to I, share I, that with. I'm you. glad you teach Sunday school. You know, I still remember the people that taught me the the word of God in preschool, kindergarten, Mrs. Weiss, first grade, Mrs. Young. So you you make a major impact, and I'm glad they have a faith filled 
great woman of God to teach them. So great, great job, Jacqueline. Thank you. Thank you. It's my blessing every Sunday uh, because I have been an educator, a teacher of uh, zero to five-year-olds for 41 or 31 years, um, uh, and I just retired. But when I look at a child, I don't see color. I see the face of God. I like that. Well, I love you, and thanks for calling. I'll see you on Check the News tonight. That was a nice way to end the program. Come see me live, whether you want to or not. New Jersey, this Sunday, one day only, morning and night. Florida the weekend after, Georgia the weekend after that. But for this Sunday, Bridgewater, New Jersey, put the graphic up for that. Marked Faith Fellowship. Bridgewater, New Jersey, 700 Commons Way. 10 a.m., 5.30 p.m. Get there. Not far from Massachusetts. Really not far from New York. Not far from Pennsylvania. Delaware, too. Maryland, too. Looking forward to seeing you on Sunday. See you tonight on Check the News. Oh, that's great, Liz. I'll see you. Nate said, how do you see things going forward? Like with churches being shaken, do you feel there will be a rebirth of some sort? We're having the best meetings we've ever had right now. Play the weekend in um, Caddo Mills, Texas. So I'll show you. you need to, that's why it would be good to get to the live meetings. Get out of your little bubble, especially if you go to a church that you can feel the spirit of death in it. With everybody masked up. We just ask you to not talk with anybody in the lobby on your way out as we, we'd be responsible during this time. Get somewhere... Get to one of our meetings. Feel the Holy Ghost again. I'm going to see you in Deland. That's great, Christine. Looking forward to seeing all of you. And I'll see you tonight. I love you. Here's Cato Mills, Texas. Hey, this is Jonathan Shuttlesworth. I want to thank you for listening to my podcast, or if you're listening to my wife's. Thank you on her behalf. If you want to be more than just a casual listener and stand with us as we take the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to our generation, go to RevivalToday.com and click Give Now and be a part of the 1,000 monthly partners that we're believing for. I have a special gift that I'll send to you today, and I'll say thank you in advance. Until next time, thanks for listening. See you later.